Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Here we are with another episode of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. Matt, Irvin, and Aaron Kennedy today with you. Special guest Chance Stevenson going to cover a little bit on commodities today too. But Aaron, before we get too far there, let's talk about uh, a little bit what's going on in the market. Hey, good to talk to everybody again. There's a lot going on in the market and just not a whole lot of it is fun to watch or see. Or feel. <laughs> so you hit hit all the sensors there. Yeah. It's, it's not. Uh, it's very uncomfortable. Yes. Um, you know, not a whole lot's changed. We've been talking about the same thing, but um, you know, we got a pretty high inflation print again, and uh, Jerome Powell has been very adamant that he's going to do whatever he can to slow this inflation, and I think the market is finally realizing that he is serious. He's going to do whatever he can to get his agenda done. And his agenda is not to go to the supply chain and make sure that we have the ability to buy a car or anything like that. His agenda is to make sure that we can't afford the car. <laughs> Which, the you know, I'm, that, that sounds bad, but it's the same outcome. We're yeah. not spending the money, so there's no fight for price. But it... You know, when, when we're going through times like now, it doesn't seem like the right path to take. <laughs> you know? Well, still, you said a no car, and so we were out and about a little bit this weekend. Just talk, You talked about supply chains. I found it interesting that they're already having 50% off Christmas stuff at yeah. some of the stores. It was, so it seems like there's still a spillover from supply chain issues from, you know, going on two years ago. Yeah, that's a great topic. So uh, we already had, I mean, we have... We have inventory buildup every year. You know, that's why we have these big sales. That's why we have TJ Maxx, because we always produce like we're going to be growing our sales by 70, 80% a week. <laughs> now, so we, we get these huge amounts of inventory, and then we got to get rid of them. And, you know, that's when we see the price cuts. That's when we see the, the, the great deals happening. But, you know, there's two parts of everything that we look at, and it's supply and demand. You know, and everything we're talking about, we're talking about inventory, we're talking about supply. You know, if we're looking at why prices are high today, we're thinking about demand. But uh, let, me, let me get some numbers from Chance because the, I think the actual inflation prints or the inflation numbers from our actual commodities aren't what people are thinking right now. Chance, give me a little bit of update. What were you seeing price increases and decreases and all that fun stuff? Yeah, so when I was kind of looking over the bigger picture of the commodities, I noticed a lot of demand moving in the energy market, yet supply decreasing. And then same thing when you just look at your building and your infrastructure, we see a lot of the materials decreasing in their price. Then you compare that with the ag, I know we've all kind of felt it at the grocery store, but a lot of those prices year over year have been skyrocketing. Yeah. What's been going on in the energy market? What exactly, here very recently, what's energy been feeling? And, and, and we're all feeling it at the pump right now. For some of us, depending on what we drive, it's a good feeling. Mm. For some others, like me, it's not a good feeling. Still in my stubborn old diesel truck. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so the biggest things in the energy are coal is up. I think I looked on today, trading economics, it was up over 140% year over year. 
Then we see similar trends with all of our heating oils, natural gas, and gasoline. Oil's up 39%, natural gas is up 15%, and gasoline, to your point, was up about 8.5% year over year. That's a good point. So I know energy's up quite a bit over the long term, but over the short term, it's been coming back down. And uh, it's a sword sharpened on both sides right now. Number one, we look at the market and say, hey, the Fed is slowing down the economy. Jerome Powell told us he's going to slow down the economy. So guess what? We're not going to be using as much fuel. And in the short term, we've seen that. Oil is coming down. Now, whether it's us pulling it out of the strategic reserves or just got people out there looking at it from an economic standpoint, energy's coming down. Now, on the flip side of it, we may not be demanding as much, but supply, we're in trouble there. How long has it been since it's looked favorable for us as a country to go out and drill? How good did it feel that we weren't having to rely on Venezuela, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Egypt to get our oil? Yeah, it was a great feeling. It was a great feeling, but that's not here anymore. Those being looked negatively upon. So we haven't been drilling. So even if we turned demand back on, let's say a, a switch flips, and all of a sudden trucks are out on the highway, uh, goods and services are flying all over the place, we're using oil like crazy. There's not going to be enough there. So price has got to go up. So all of this is a double-edged sword. You know, uh, tell me about metals. Just broadly, what are metals doing? Yeah, so one of the biggest metals I like to look at that you kind of told me about, uh, the Mr. Economy, a.k.a. copper, it's down about 22% over the year. Same with steel. Steel's kind of the same boat, down about 31.5% year over year. So we really see metals going down too. Yeah. That's crazy. We're about to wrap this up, but this is a great point. If we were expecting our economy to expand and we look at this inflation from a commodity-driven, copper would be up, steel would be up, aggregates would be up, but they're not because we're looking at it as how much are we going to use it in the near term, and it's not, it's not there. Let's take a quick break right there, Aaron. We'll be right back after the break. Black and White Markets had her on Live Planning 101. And we're back here continuing our talk on commodities here on Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. Aaron, just step right back in where you were at talking about the, the commodities uh, pricing in our industry. You know, if we're looking out there and the reason our buildings aren't more expensive because of input costs, copper, steel, uh, lumber, those kind of things, something else is driving the, those increased prices. And a lot of it's supply. You know, um, once you sub shut down supply lines like we did during COVID, it takes a long time to get those things up and going again, to catch up where we left off, and then get people back to the factory or back to the warehouse or whatever it is. We haven't been able to do that yet. So I'd rather our government try to focus on that area of the market. How can we incentivize people to go back to work? How can I incentivize an industry to have more output? You know, there's things that we can do. We can cut taxes, tax holidays, whatever it is. There's lots of ways to do it. Um, but it's not the input. And it's probably more than likely cost of labor, cost of work right now. 
you know, we're uh, like we, we've talked about this before. There's two jobs for every person out there looking right now. Who competes the hardest to get that worker? You know, and that's going to come through wages. So wages have to go up. That means higher prices for the the goods and services being sold. That's a given. Insurance, insurance is going up. It's expensive. Um, regulatory issues. If I wanted to hire somebody, it would take us about three weeks worth of paperwork to get it done. You know, I got to hire somebody just to hire somebody else. <laughs> you know? It's expensive, right. and well, it's not slowing down. And you see, you're seeing that uh, the labor market's super tight. But something I'm also noticing a lot, and I'm sure you guys are as well, is there's a lot more protests. Uh, what was it last week? Um, yeah. The trains. They, they shut. They were trying to shut it down, and thankfully they didn't. They came to some sort of agreement. But that's happening a lot, labor unions. You're hearing that a, a lot. It's like the disruptiveness, and it's all based on uh, wages and work conditions, etc. Yeah. Pain. pain. It's caused by pain, and there, there's a lot of it right now. Yeah. Once you start messing with somebody's ability to care for their children, you know, to care for their parents if that's in their boat, you know, to send their kids to school, once you start messing with that and things get out of, out of hand price-wise where you can't be that caregiver, I mean, you pick up your sign and you, you do what you can. You know, this is when we'll, we'll start to see more of these unionization and people come together to try to, to get this thing fixed. But it, it's not the railroad's problem. You know, it's not the grocery store's problem. And maybe they can get something done, but guess what? Those, those railroad people got a raise, but me, you know, that I just ordered something that, that went down the rail. Now my cost is even more expensive, so it hurts the rest of us even more. And I'm not saying don't do it, but everything, everything is causing higher prices. And the longer this goes on, this, this is a bright spot for what Powell is trying to do. The longer this goes on, the more normalized it becomes. So if he can step in, nip this in the bud really, really quick and get this fixed, then we can get back to normal. If the new normal is picketing, we're going to be in trouble. I'm glad you said that, but and not picketing. Forgive me. I shouldn't have stopped you there. But um, they were talking this morning on, um, you know, business growth should be up again. Well, the, you're right. It should be because it's backward looking when we get those how much, you know, earnings. But then when we start to talk about forward earnings and there's a reason things are 50% off already because they're trying to preserve some type of revenue through the end of the year. They're trying to get people in the doors. Now, 50% off of what? It's more of a feel-good thing, right? Getting right. inventory moved. But nonetheless, businesses, corporations are talking about how bad it looks through the end of the yeah. year. You know what, how bad it is? I don't mean to interrupt you, but Amazon is going to have a second Prime Day. A second Prime Day? A second one. Never done that before. Didn't need to. Didn't need to. Right. So what is going on there that they're trying to get people to the table? And, and more than likely, it's year end to button things up, you know, to get some of these supplies off of their books. You know, lots of companies are doing it. We talked about this last week. FedEx came out with bad numbers. You know, they're, I think they're trying to condition us that, hey, I know you're hearing one thing, but down here, boots on the ground, this is a completely different experience right. for the companies that are actually working. And something I think about a lot is if all you have Fed official, Powell, all he has is backward looking data. So someone has to speak up and say, okay, you're causing the pain, you know, and basically give him the affirmation he needs to change, yeah. right? 
to change. Because until he gets that phone call or he reads something that's maybe less backward looking, because I know he has a set of data that he must review, but yeah. you know, kind of, you, you got to know what you're what you're walking into, and and not necessarily forecast or or look forward too far. Yeah, you're right. You know, but if okay, so if if you go back and look at superstar economic superstars, you know it's something I always dreamt about as a kid. I, I put on my economic cape and run around. <laughs> Solve the world's problems. Who the heck knows what's an economic one superstar at a time? Yeah, it's silly. <laughs> yeah. But there is one out there, and that was Paul Volcker. Early '80s, you know, he he raised interest rates, and you know, even today when you hear about it, you don't hear that the recession that he caused. You hear that he fixed a broken system. And who doesn't want to be that in your selective industry? You want to be that that rock star, that Superman that came in and fixed that. So Pal very much has it hanging over his head. And it's very much, it's very close to the same situation that we were back then. Not, not everything, you know, we don't have any oil embargoes or anything like that, but we do have runaway inflation. We do have an energy problem, you know, so a lot of things are close. And how did that get fixed last time? rack up interest rates as high as, as you can. Maybe he needs to listen to our podcast on yes, biases does. for recency bias, right? Yes. So he's anchoring to that, to Volcker and trying to solve the world's problems the same exact way. But yes. To but his defense, his tool belt is quite limited. Yes, it is. And to your point, if we raise interest rates, we're not even going to know what the heck that does for nine months, for 12 months, 18 months. That's, that's about it. Nine to 18 months, somewhere in there. Guess what, guys? We're, we're filling the first one. The first one. We have 2% more coming down that we're going to feel very right. soon. So looking backwards or forwards, the Fed's ability to see what they've already done has already stuck us in a hole. By the time the Fed says, I did my job, none of us are going to have jobs. No, that is, that is very, very negative. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just teasing there. But once he looks in the rearview mirror and says, hey, guys, this is working. I did my job. There's no soft landing. There's no soft landing. Got it. Everything's already happened. Got it. And it's going to be tough. So he, he's got a very, very difficult job of guessing whether it's working or not. All right. Well, let's take another quick break right here on Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. We'll be right back with you. And here we are for the third and final segment of our black and white market chatter today on Life Planning 101. Aaron, we're wrapping up and uh, let's shift the tide a little bit. You know, we we talk a lot about, especially in our weekly um, shorter version, about the market and about interest rates. And so um, you got a dose of that in the, in the first two sections and then, and then our treat on commodities. And let's start talking about some ideas, yeah. ways to take advantage of this. Yeah. Number one, first thing, I think it's the most important thing for everybody to realize is a down market is not bad, guys. It's not fun to live through, but this is where we create wealth. For You don't create wealth at the top, you create it at the bottom. This is when we make life-changing decisions that are going to affect generations. And that part's exciting. So how do we do things to change our lives you know I mean just simple if you're just a market guy I would be looking out there saying what industries would I want to be in that I missed out the first time because they got so dang expensive I didn't want to touch it right you know uh, I, I look at veterinary and medicine 
I mean, go, go to Walmart. Somebody's got a dog in their hand walking through the grocery store. <laughs> Animals, pets are so important to people. They're like our kids, you know, and it's, it's part of all of our lives. So, you know, if I could find a great company out there that was in that part of the world, I'm buying right now, personally, to tell you the truth. Uh, what about defense? You know, sometimes defense gets really expensive, and, you know, that's one of those parts that they're going to get revenue no matter what. Our government's going to pay Lockheed Martin to build planes regardless. So if you can find a good price there, why not? Why not pick up these fantastic companies that you used to not touch because they were too expensive? Because we, it will go back to where it was. Prices will normalize. But now's the time to get that shopping list. Uh, why not pick up an income stream? You know, hey, I can buy this energy company and it's going to pay me 8% for the rest of my life. If it stays, disclosure, disclosure, if it stays up and all of that. But I can, if the price goes cuts in half, that means my dividend just doubled. Well, well, that's true. So think, it's down interest rates. We've we've talked a lot about CDs, annuities, you know, because those are tools that can provide a little steadier income stream to, you know, away from the, you know, you kind of get market risk out of it, right? There's still, there's so many levels of risk that we could go through. That's not today's purpose, but interest rates are at highs. Yeah. You know, you can actually get CDs with some yield. You can yeah. get one year CDs for or one year treasuries, let me put it that way, 4%. Boy, that's awesome. Haven't right. seen that in forever. You know, go to treasurydirect.gov and you can pick up what is it 9.6% I bonds. Right. We can't do that for you. Wish we could, but everybody can put $10,000 in that. 9.6 that's that's a fantastic right. yield and it'll go up if interest rates go up. Uh, You said fixed annuities. We can lock in longer-term interest rates because how long is this going to last? Though these interest rates, we're we're all hoping not long to to get some of this pain relieved. But on the flip side, it's something you want to capture that. That's right. Get your cash to work. If it's sitting in a savings account or a checking account and you're not using it and you're getting 0.25%, get your money to work. You can get very, very good interest rates. Even if three months, you can get over 3%. One year is over 4%. You know, get your money to work and at least at least have something working for you. It's right. a great time to do that. That's right. But there's other things that you can do other than just looking at prices. Right. What's good when the when my prices go down? Well, so something that we hadn't touched on a lot, but you know, and to kind of just back up, uh, tax rates. We all believe taxes are going to be higher tomorrow, not lower. I don't know if anybody remembers the spending that took place about two years ago. Somehow our tax dollars are going to have to pay that back. Okay, so we're painting the picture. So when we think about that, we're likely to believe tax rates are going up. I was uh, on, a, on a webinar the other day, and they were talking about tax rates in the 50s. Aaron, do you recall? Not that you were there personally, <laughs> not going that route, but do you recall? Ain't that old. <laughs> so 19, it looks like about 54 through about 63. The top marginal tax rate, take, take a guess. 90. Not Yep, 91, 92, right in there. So that's... Yeah. So, with that being said... This isn't something that can't happen. We've already done it before. That's right. They they can, and usually, I mean, history repeats itself in some regard. So, so with that, okay, we've got high high tax rates. So, one of the things that you can do when the market's down is tax loss harvesting. Okay? So, if you have something you're trying to to sell that has a gain, or or even those losses can carry forward, right? Right. Bucket them up. Make your sales now and give yourself a future uh, tax write-off. Right. 
You know, if, if I can sell off fifty thousand dollars worth of losses today, I can take my was it three thousand a year 3, from now until oh well, I guess. I well, hopefully in the future we have some winners yeah. that, that need to pay That's the tax. That's my other on. point. Or you can use it against future winners. And when we're down here at the bottom, it's hard to see future right. winners, but it's it's going to be there. Right. So this is what I'm talking about. Take advantage of it. You know, use the tools that you have because, I mean, we don't go through times like this very often. Right. You know, so you better be ready, better have your thinking cap on, and you better be able to stay positive enough to take advantage of these opportunities. Right. And something we hadn't touched on either, Roth conversions, taking traditional IRA shares that have decreased in value, sliding those over. You pay the tax on that, yeah. you know, and that, that's, a, that's an opportunity, especially because... The RMD rules, the required distribution rules, have changed. And so now there's a much shorter time period for which you can stretch out those taxes. So the more Roth money you have, it, it can be advantageous to your spouse or to your heirs, um, also to you later in life personally. Right? We talked about giving it away, but you know that money comes out. If all the rules are followed, you can spend it as tax-free money. Yeah. Think about this from a mental framing standpoint. Okay, if I said, hey, I can get money out of your IRA, you won't pay taxes on any gains, and I can get you out at a 10% rate, what would most people do? You take advantage You take advantage of it. So if I had $100,000 I could convert to a Roth, I'm in a 20% tax bracket, my account's down 50%, so I can move that same $100,000 for... Yeah. 10%. Yeah, yeah. And if I have a belief that it's going to be back to normal in a couple of years, maybe five years, right. guess what I just did? I was in a 10% tax bracket. And what's the difference? It's just how I'm thinking about it and how I'm framing it in my mind and how I'm taking advantage of current times that it's going to benefit me the rest of my life. That's right. So we, we talked in locking in high interest rates, but that right there is a way to lock in low tax rates right and guys we're not down 50 percent <laughs> i'm just using it as an example if you were and, and just and mental frame to be fair there are places in the market up and up and down different rates but if you want to talk about more of this we're getting short on time that's usually what happens we run out of run out of time before we run out of things to talk about so chance thanks again for joining us today uh wrapping up today's episode of black and white market chatter on life planning 101 matt Irvin, aaron kennedy y'all have a wonderful day thank you Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group LLC. Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.